and welcome to another episode of Cinema Oblivia, your podcast for discussions on old movies and such. As usual, I am your host, James Eldred. And who do I have with me, I think, for the very first time on this podcast? Oh, Scott Sharkey. Hey, Sharkey. Yes, Scott Sharkey. Thank you very much for being here. I appreciate it. Uh, I just kind of messaged you on Twitter. I'm like, hey, want to do a podcast? And you're like, hey, sure. So, um... If, if people you you've been on bigger podcasts than I ever have, <laughs> but if people listening to this don't know who you are, could you briefly introduce yourself? Ah, uh, sure. I guess uh, probably best known as a alumni of One Up. Uh, wrote for a shitload of different video games with three letter acronyms. Uh, like minor internet celebrity at one point, and then I decided, you know, I don't even want to be a little bit famous. And uh, since then, I've just been doing whatever. <laughs> well, I appreciate you being deciding to. If you, if, you, if, you, if you want to be not famous, my podcast is the right podcast for you. Oh, fantastic. So, yes, yes. <laughs> Dozens of people will hear this. <laughs> fantastic. It's just the audience I want. Yes. And as we were discussing, like, uh, you, we were going to do this earlier, but you couldn't because you were in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I've been, been walking the earth. So <laughs> it's been a kind of hit or miss whether or not I have internet connection or a view to a satellite or anything. Well, I appreciate you coming to Civil Listen to do this episode. It should be fun. Before we get to today's episode, I want a brief program note. Uh, If you follow me on whatever that website is called (laughs) today. (laughs) Give it another five minutes. We're recording recording this on uh, July 26th uh, in in Japan time. Um, So... It is coming up, going up the next day. So it's been a rough week for Twitter, whatever the fuck it is. But I was I, this this shitter ex- ex- Exeter. But uh, follow me on Blue Sky if you're there. It's less toxic. Anyway, um, this was supposed to be an episode about troll, but some things happened. That is going to happen next month. Uh, oh, like OG uh, troll, like OG troll, not troll two, not troll not two. Troll two. Uh, the good movie troll. Uh, because Troll is a good movie. Um, yeah. And it is the best Harry Potter movie. Because if if you... if I, I, will, I will get into this in that episode. But um, that is... Uh, you know, the, the main character of that movie is named Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and it came out in the, early, in the uh, mid-80s. So, I great mean, movie. Harry, Harry Potter was just ripping off everything else. Totally, totally. I think I always I said honestly, it was a ripoff of uh, Wizard One Hundred and One. Yes, I, I honestly think it's a coincidence. I don't think J.K. Rowling's a bad person in many ways, but I don't think she watched <laughs> Troll and's like, I got an idea. Oh yeah, we don't have to. We don't have to make up shit about her. <laughs> no, no, she sucks for all, all the reasons. But that'll be me and Drew Mackey from Gears episode ever. That's probably going to go up sometime in in August, and in August also. I will still have, I'm sorry, on a regular podcasting schedule because I'll be in America. Yay. So I oh, might just not be able time. Just, just in time for what? Everything being on fire. That, yeah, I'll be in Ohio, so hopefully I won't be suffocating. But so I don't know if I'll be able to podcast there. So this is going up in, on, in, you'll listen to this in July. There'll still be one episode in August, possibly two. We'll see what happens. But anyway, uh, enough about my scheduling mishaps. Today I'll be talking about the Monster Club from 1981. But before we get to that, Sharky, when you are on the road in the middle of nowhere um, with, I assume, I don't know, no plumbing and electricity. Um, oh no, no, I've, I've got everything. I got one of those oh, fuck oh. off big. Yeah, I got a motorhome. 
<laughs> oh, sweet. So when you're in a big, yeah, when you're in a fuck off big motorhome, uh, what are you watching? Oh, geez. When I, when I do it all, I've got this uh, old pirate TV like stream that we've been doing for like 20 years. Actually, it's been almost, it's, I think it's probably the 20th anniversary, like right about now, um, of just like miscellaneous crap and foreign films and weird commercials and that sort of thing. And I think the last one that really grabbed me was uh, we ran a 1990 The Bronx Warriors. Oh, I fuck. I just watched that. that. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's fucking great. I love it. I don't know if it takes place in the Bronx. Like they have some establishing shots and some shots around New York, but as near as I can tell, they're like in Brooklyn and shit. That's the that's the first one, right? Because there's two of them. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. 1990, the Bronx Warriors. I think is the first one. Okay, but yeah, not, yeah. That's one. That's yeah, one yeah, of me to that. I'm not positive. It's the first one. That's one of Vic Morrow. Um, yeah, yeah. That's the one. Playing the it's hammer. A, it's, 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 and Fred Williamson yes. not playing the hammer. It's fucked up because that's his nickname. <laughs> It's all, uh, it's all backwards, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, I think we're calling it a, a escape around New York. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, that's a fun one. I prefer the sequel. Um, oh, I, you know, I don't think I've seen the sequel. Or if I have, it was so long ago that it's escaped memory. Maybe back called, when I had my video of, store. Speaking of escape, it's called Escape from the Bronx. Um, also called Escape 2000. I think that version was on mm, Mystery mm. Science Theater. Okay, yes, I have seen that one. Okay. Yes. Wow. I never and even put that, that is, together. I, I watched them so far apart. I watched that one first by accident, and it's way better. And is it? Like, well, in my opinion, they're both not great films. I mean, let's be real. But uh, I prefer that one. It's more violent. Yeah. Um, it has Henry Silva, who I love, and he is just devouring the scenery in every scene. He's the bad oh, guy because he's. He's, he's Henry Silva, and he's like, he's like, I'm crazy if I don't have my coffee. Like this, this really over the top. <laughs> oh, and I know that one. A, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You, you picked the one line, yeah. And it has a bunch of like super slow mo violent shots of like heads exploding and like it's ridiculous. It, it barely make neither of these films barely make any sense. But oh yeah, I, I didn't follow the plot at all. But it's just that the spectacle of it and. The, like the almost like Renaissance painting framing of it is like I can see golden ratios everywhere. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know why this is so beautiful for just the Grand Gognol of it. It's it's fantastic. Yes. And and the main character's name is Trash, which is I always love mm-hmm. because in the Gulf and says Trash, hold me. Um, yep. Which I think is great. But yeah, that's a great movie. You picked a good one. That was a <laughs> well. We just got a projector and we're just like watching it on the side of the fucking van, like out in the middle of nowhere. Coyote screaming in the background is perfect. Do I have so you lit so you spend a lot of time like just in an RV in like BFE right? Like BFE, but fuck, but fuck, yeah, yeah, basically, it's, it's like yeah. BLM land and shit, just anything as far away from people as I can get. And I don't know if you look at like a population heat map of like the US, this is like the black part, there's just so, nobody here. Do you ever get so I could never do that because I've seen too many horror movies. <laughs> It's, it is very horror movie. Like you look outside, it's like, wow, there's a lot of coyotes. Oh, that one's standing up. C- close the window. <laughs> like I would just have a terrible fear of like, it's one o'clock in the morning. I'm at sleep and someone's knocking on my door. Oh yeah. That would be a, that'd be very odd. Yeah. yeah. We run into I, every once in a while. And it's like the most dangerous thing out there is another person. It's like, cause they have no earthly business being out that way. <laughs> yeah. But, and like in reality, I should be the scary one because I'm six and a half feet tall and weigh like three hundred pounds. So I should be the yeah, one you're... terrifying people. 
but you, yeah, you would think no. it's like, yeah, they have, they have bigger problems. They're like, no, I'm fine. I, I mean, I'm mental and my partner is like this ex soldier. So they don't take any shit. Well, there you go then. Okay, cool. Well, and en- en- enjoy um, the apocalypse. So you, you sound, you sound yeah, for it. I mean, we're halfway I, there. Might as well be, be ready for it. It's all going to be Mad um, Max in a few years anyway. I'm just getting ahead of the curve. Good plan. Uh, the, I've watched a lot of movies recently because I, I was sick again um, with not COVID. Um, and I watched a lot of garbage. But uh, the two films I want to really recommend people watch, are relatively new. I watched Becky. Oh, from, is that any good? That's, oh, that's fucking great. Um, oh, 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 uh, B Hamburgers Ecky. Yeah. What? That's the one with the robot, right? No. No. No, that's Sorry. Egan. That's M Hamburgers Egan. <laughs> yes, this is. <laughs> this is about a little girl whose family is taken hostage by neo Nazis since he murders them. Oh, shit. Uh, I'm always and the, down with that. Uh, and the head Nazi is uh, is Kevin James. What the shit? And the dad <laughs> is Joel McHale. Um, oh wow! No, I haven't. The girl seen is this girl is someone named Lulu Wilson. I guess she's in, I guess she's in Ready Player One and one of the Annabelle films, but I haven't seen those. Um, oh, did you say Ruth Wilson? Lulu Wilson. Wilson. Okay, I'm sorry. I, th- I thought you said Ruth Wilson. I was like, what from Luther? No, no, Lulu oh, Wilson. Okay. And in the first, then she shows like Kevin James shows up, takes the family hostage, and then she brutally murders them. And then there is a sequel called The Wrath of Becky, which basically has her versus Proud Boys. Oh, and fantastic! The head of the Proud Boys is uh, played by Sean William Scott. Oh, nice! Uh, you know, from American Pie. And uh, if you want to see like. A teenager just brutally murder. Uh, yeah, that's wish fulfillment. That sounds great. Yeah, it, I mean, this is this is my kind of shit. Like, I love basic revenge movies because I'm a simpleton, um, and like revenge never works that good in, in the real world. So it's always fun to watch it in a movie, you know. And yeah, it's uh, like she. It is graphically violent. It's like it's it's almost like a slasher where you, the hero is the slasher. Uh, yeah. And her attitude is so great. I don't know if you follow much modern pop music, but do you know who Olivia Rodrigo is? I don't. Sorry, I'm, yeah. I'm too out of out of touch. It's okay. You're not, you're not a 14 year old girl. You shouldn't know who she is. But um, <laughs> uh, Olivia Rodrigo is like kind of this like teen idol who has occasionally would do these very aggressive, like angry, very, 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 very angry breakup songs um, that I really like because they really they really show how much it sucks to be 16. <laughs> Um, oh, nice! Yeah, and so like, so it's like a, jagged little pill redux. Yeah, but like b- b- more poppy. But yes, b- but very okay. much like that. But like, if someone took an Olivia Rodrigo song and turned it into a serial killer, it'd be Becky. So, um, I recommend those movies. You know, everyone's watching Barbie right now, and I'm sure Barbie's great. I'm sure it's a good movie. Like, I, I'm not knocking it. But if you want to see some real feminist shit of like women murdering men, then Becky. <laughs> Best genre. Love that. Watch what was, Becky. Oh God, what, was the other, what was the other thing I caught? The other oh, the a uh, couple weeks ago we ran a. Do you know? Do you ever see Expect No Mercy? I've never heard of that one. Billy Blanks, <laughs> the, oh. the Tybo guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
go on. It's, 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 it's like, yeah, he's part of this assassin squad that is has to take down this guy who's going to like take over the world with virtual reality. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is like, it's not even like VR troopers level quality of, of special effects. It's, it's like tattooed teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills, like that level of just not, not amazing. Like a, okay. like a, like a CD, like a CD-ROM mo-capped fighting game, which is funny because there was like a CD-ROM mo-capped fighting game based on this. Billy Blanks isn't in it, but like the <laughs> random ass clown guy that shows up halfway through is, and everybody else is, but apparently they didn't have Billy Blanks money. Hey, yeah, Bill, hey, he was, he was Ty Bowen in it. Uh, yeah. I'll have to check that out. I, I nev- I've never seen an actual Billy Blanks film. The My my family's company sells, uh, used, to, used to sell VHS tapes to libraries. And mm. so I have I have held dozens of copies of Tybo in my hand. Oh, I, um, I don't doubt it. I... <laughs> yeah, mailing them to libraries. So I'll have, to, I'll have to check that out. I'm looking at it right now. Nobody else in this movie I recognize at all. <laughs> like the other it's, cast it's members. Not, oh, there's nobody. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Wolf Larson, I think, yes. is in some shit. Yeah, Wolf Larson was in Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Yep. Uh, and and and, um, and Laurie Holden is in a few films too. So, uh, yeah, I didn't recognize, but yeah, it, other than that, there's, there's nobody in this. Yeah. It so, is, but I'm going to have to watch this. I'll take like a that. nickel and some, yeah, it's, it's worth, it's worth checking out. It's not, it's not good. Okay. <laughs> it's good. it's not, not really re- redeemable in, in any way, uh, <laughs> but it's worth I'm gonna, watching really quick. One more recommendation. Cause no one else is ever going to recommend this movie to anybody. And I want to, I want to shout it out. I watched the million dollar ripoff. Which is a TV movie from 1976 starring Freddie Prinze Sr. Oh wow! Uh, it's his only real film, uh, and it's like a heist. It's made for TV heist movie where they use electronics and elaborate makeup to to steal to rob the Chicago Transit Authority, and it's a very cute 75 minute movie. Uh, you huh. could do a lot worse, and it has the mom from Growing Pains as a bank robber. What? So there's that. Uh, so I recommend that if you and if you want to see a movie with like every 1970s and every 1980s that guy, um, from TV, like half this cast was 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 a defender on Night Court. Like I mean, <laughs> that kind so of that that clique. Wow, that that that, le- to, that level of actor. It's a fun little movie. I'm not going to say it's great. It's good. It's three. It's a solid three stars movie. It's 75 minutes long. You know, so I'll have, to, I'll have to dig that up and run it on Outer Heaven. That sounds great. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. It's a good one. But anyway, enough about Freddie Prince Senior. Um, today <laughs> said no one ever. Um, today, today we're talking about the Monster Club from 1981. Uh, <laughs> Sharky, you the, picked this one. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I well, I was I was going to do uh, Mask of the Red Death just because yeah. of you know gesturing broadly at everything. But that's that's just that's just too da- too much of a downer right now. Living yeah. in plague times. Um, yeah. So I was just like something else, Vincent Price, and you mentioned that one. I was like, holy shit! I don't think I've seen that in maybe twenty years. Um, okay. I first saw it when I was a kid, and I had a sort of vague memories of it. But like watching it again, I realized that like almost every other line of this is burned into my brain. Yeah. So <laughs> how did you find so this many... movie when you were young? I think. And I, I'm casting way back. I think it was some point in the 80s. My uncle must have had a copy uh, because he was like an early adopter. And he had one of those like, oh, God, uh, one of those giant videotape recorders, like pre-Betamax. 
it was like the size of a coffee table and the tapes were yeah. like encyclopedias. Um, and I think this is one of the ones he had. I don't know why. I, I don't, I don't know where he got it. I, I don't know if he taped it off TV in the UK or what. Uh, I know, so I know this wasn't early. This wasn't early like Elvira tape also. Oh, was it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know so that some, much, somehow he must have yeah. laid hands on it, but it was like that mm-hmm. and the Omega man. And he had a lot of Vincent price movies and this was one of mm-hmm. them. And I remember thinking like, even as like, you know, a little rug roach, I like, I had no idea why this was a movie. I was kind of confused by it. <laughs> Cause I, I didn't know anything I, about filmmaking, but I knew something was going wrong here. Yeah, well, well, I discovered this like last year and oh, that's right. just on probably on Amazon prime. Amazon's a bad company, obviously, but um, yeah. there's a shockingly like Amazon Prime is is my favorite streaming service because they focus on putting out or on releasing a lot of old movies still. Yeah, so yeah. that's good. The kind of stuff you used to find on Netflix. Yeah, exactly, and like that's to their credit. I'll give them that's a, that's, a, that's a good thing. I'm glad someone's doing it. And also, this movie's everywhere online. It's on YouTube illegally and legally. I think it's on Tubi. It's on Crackle. It's on F Movie. Like it's yeah. It, it's I, it's not hard to find. Yes, whoever owns the whoever owns the copyright for Monster Club is like you know what I like money. Um, <laughs> and they just released it on everything. So I I discovered it that way. And I really, really liked it immediately because it's just so. It's as we'll get into it. It's just a cute movie. Um, oh yeah, I've got I've got a real soft spot for it. And I'm, I'm and I love a, a good anthology horror film. So because yeah. that's that's what this is. This is this is an anthology horror film with a cast of a few standouts and a lot of who, um, kind of. They, they've got in. a lot of standouts actually. I mean, it's yeah, a lot just, of standouts. Yeah. Uh, Notably, though, they didn't get like Peter Cushing or, uh, oh God, badass SAS wizard. Uh, wow. How did I forget his name? Christopher Lee? Christopher Lee, yes. Sorry. Yeah, Christopher Lee. What yeah, it's okay. Blanks to draw. Yeah. It's like Nazi killing wizard guy. I, just, I, I, I know his name in his face. I just lost it for a second. But yeah, apparently they turned this down. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah the yeah, idea yeah. of them turning anything down is strange to me. Yeah, so like if all the making of stuff on this movie that if we were gonna recite it would just be in the trivia section on IMDb, and mm-hmm. a lot of that is unsourced, so I don't know what's true. The idea of Christopher Lee or Klaus Kinski turning down a film, right? That seems especially wrong. in the in the eighties because Christopher Lee's in the Howling too. Yeah, yeah, he was kind um, of at the, at the, the nadir of his career, I think. Yeah, I think his career kind of picked up in the late '80s again a little bit. You know, he's in Gremlins too. Mm-hmm. You know, Gremlins too. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. that's where he starts picking up again. Now, Peter Cushing. Well, he was post Star Wars at that point. Post Star Wars and right before his retirement, he retired in '83. So mm-hmm. I could because he's old. He was older than all of them. He was older oh, than. He was older than Dirk. Except, well, I mean, I mean, John Carradine was in this, and he his bones were half dust. Yeah, but he barely moves. <laughs> He's technically in this movie. Yes, he's, yes, he's, yes. he's ostensibly the main viewpoint character, but he's he's present. Yes, and and it has other other some other. I mean, I guess the the big ones on here are John Carradine, Vincent Price, Donald Pleasance, mm-hmm. and and I and to a and Patrick McGee. Uh, oh yeah, also yeah, yeah he shows up. But we'll, we'll, we'll get to all that when we talk about his story. Uh I really briefly want to go over some some of the people who worked on it because this movie has a hell some has an interesting pedigree behind it. 
I was, I was because... just going to say, like, yeah, there's there's some notables, like the guy for producing like these anthology series in the '60s and '70s. Like yeah, that, so that, who was, is that? that was his jam. Oh Jesus! Right, his name's on the tip of my mind. I know you. I know you mentioned it. Milton um, Sab- Milton Sab- Milton, Milton Sabatsky. That's it. Thank you. This rolls off the tongue. Yes. Yeah. So and this was like right after uh, the production company folded. It was uh, Amicus Films. I always want to say Asylum Films because <laughs> that's that's different. <laughs> it's a different it, company. It's because they produced a movie called Asylum. And it starts yes. with an A, but it, Amicus Films, and yeah, that was that was his, and that had just died. This still is like in that style, that that that, that house style that oh, they had, even though yeah. If if you ever watched any of those, this is this what fits right in. Because Amicus did a ton of anthology films. They did yeah um, a lot. One of one of my favorite name movies of all time, Torture Garden. Oh yeah, which, that's that's a good one. Which has no torture and no garden, but it does have an evil no piano. Garden. I haven't seen that in forever. It does have an evil piano and Jack Palance, um, ki- spoiler, murdering Peter Cushing. <laughs> so um, that's a good one. Uh, Tales from the Crypt. That was that was yes. one of theirs, wasn't it? That's the best one. Uh, yeah, far and away. Because that's, that's the one that has Joan Collins versus an evil Santa Claus. Yeah. That's that's that one. That was and that was them. That was the, the the rule of thumb. I always heard is uh the difference between like hammer horror movies, which are around the same time, and mm-hmm. Amicus movies is like the Amicus ones are set in the present day because it's cheaper. Yes, and yes. that this movie makes a joke about that. Like Vincent Price has a catty comment, like yeah. halfway through. I think it's the, the beginning of the second story. There's like a director talking about like, yeah, this happened in my childhood, but it's set in the modern day. And he like just as an aside is like, yeah, it's cheaper to do it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Milton Sabatowski, I feel like his his creed was, what's Hammer doing? Let's do it cheaper. Mm-hmm. And I feel that like anthology films are probably cheaper also. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, no you, doubt. you don't have to get the actors to stay as long, less sets. Less, like this movie, like some of these stories, like the first story we get to it, it really only has three characters in it. Like there's, there's oh, some yeah. extras later on, but like very bare bones. Um I think the biggest films he worked on are probably the Peter Cushing uh, Doctor Who movies. Oh, I was going to mention that. Yeah, that was a uh, yeah that that was that was that same company. Which, yeah, Doctor again, Who, Peter Cushing. Yes, Doctor Who and the Daleks, Doctor, and yes, and just yeah, Daleks Invasion Earth twenty one fifty, and those are that was the I'm title. not a huge I couldn't remember it. <laughs> I'm not a huge Doctor Who fan, uh, but I've watched those because I'm a huge Peter Cushing fan, and yeah, those are very cute movies. Again, they're cute. They're, they're tedious. Like even even as a child, who was like way into Doctor Who, I got bored and left. Like they, they, I mean, they, yeah, they, I can they see are that. very they're, glacial. Yeah, but it's got decent color. So yeah, the, I think the second one moves faster, but they're both they're <laughs> very silly movies. Um, yeah, and one more that I do not recommend is Scream and Scream Again. With uh, that oh. has that has Vincent Price, Christopher Lee, and Peter Cushing. I don't think they ever share screen together. I know because I think Vincent Price only has one um, scene, but that movie sucks. Did they, I think uh, they did in not Horror Express. Uh, shit, what was that one? It's got. I'm sorry, it'll come to me. I can't remember the name of it. It's it the one with the with a writer that, that ends up going to a retreat because he says he can write a suspense that, story overnight. I just brought it, that up in a previous episode. That is the House of Long Shadows. That's it. Thank you. That has that has um well House of Long not Long Shadows what is that? Uh, it's, I, thought, I thought that was I'm, it. It's something like I think that. it's House of House of Long something. It's not good. 
No, um, it's not. It's not. But I thought all three of them might have been in that. They all, yeah, yeah. But that has the that yeah that has Carradine and um, Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee and Vincent Price and Vincent Price. Um, yeah, I remember he makes like a catty like off camera like you bitch comment. It's yeah. great. House of Long Shadows and and for some reason Desi Arnaz Jr. That's it, Desi Arnaz. I was trying to remember his name. Yeah, he's not he's not good in that. Yeah, no yeah, one's good. That's in not that. good either. Um, no, it's a bad movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, Milton Sobotonsky has had a weird career. This is his last real film, although he did have a pro- pro- producer credit on a lot of 80s Stephen King. On a lot of stuff, mostly anthology stuff, except Maximum Overdrive, which was just whatever the fuck that was. And Lawnmower Man. Lawnmower Man. That's not an, that's not an anthology either. I'm sorry. I guess I was just thinking of Cat's Eye. Because he was a producer on that, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's well, a producer on Cat's Eye, yeah. That's a good one. That's a great anthology film, too. Um, yeah. If you want to see the guy from Airplane in, 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 in another film, I recommend Cat's Eye. Because uh, he's in the one, the story about where he has to walk around outside the building. Oh, yeah. The the the, uh, the, the Quitter's Inc. Yeah, yeah. I think. That was, that was the one not, where... Not uh, Quitter's Inc. That's the one thing. where the mobster, he, he's banging the mobster's wife, and then he, the mobster kills the wife and oh, makes and, him and walk, walk around. around on the thing. I was mixing, I was I was conflating the two. Like, they're two, yeah, those are two separate stories. They, they're yes, all, they they all meshed together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a, that's a gooder. But um, the, he, he produced this. The writers are a husband and wife team named Edward and Valerie Abraham or did not do much. And so I can't hmm. really find much about them. And I think at least one of their films, Dominique, was produced by the same people who produced this. So okay, uh, but they didn't do that much. And but I think the main people are the 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 novelist and the director. So these these are these are st- short stories based on the works of R. Chetwind Hayes, who oh god yeah was prolific. Yeah, nuts prolific. But to be honest, I've never heard of him outside of this movie. <laughs> Yeah, he wrote, he just wrote a lot of pulp horror stories, like short stories. That was that was his jam. He found he found what he liked and he stuck to it. Yeah, and he is he he is a character in this film played by John Carradine. Played by John Carradine, but uh, no, it's just I was going to make something a catty comment about how he's he's not there. Like they could <laughs> they could have had like a cardboard cutout of John Carradine. It would have been just about the same. Yes, and I think at that point John Carradine was fifteen years older than. Are Chetwood Haynes, and I think Hayes was Hayes was a little catty about being played by a guy who was like a thousand years old. At the time, oh, he was like in his late fifties, early sixties. Oh, jeez, <laughs> so. that must have stung. Yeah, and also <laughs> Carradine, very obviously, you know, American, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, R. Chetwood Hayes, not <laughs> very much, so, not yeah, very much not. <laughs> uh, the only the only other stuff I've seen that he did is the. The and the another amicus film, the from be oh, it's not amicus, but another film by the same people, uh, from beyond the grave is an, another anthology mm-hmm. film that has Peter Cushing, and those are based on uh, his short stories too. That's a pretty good one. I recommend that one. I don't remember that one. I don't think I've seen that one. I'll have to find that. It's it's much lesser known. I don't I don't think it's available in HD, but if you're watching things projected on the side of an RV, I don't think it matters. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, obviously not that much of a video file. It's like, yeah, it could, it could be a real-time file that's like the size of a poacher's stamp, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> well, that really opens up the possibilities of movies. Then, so I'm, I'm happy for you. Uh, <laughs> but this was directed by Roy Ward Baker, and I always want to say Joe Don Baker, oh, but it's not Joe Don Baker. Yeah, Roy Ward, yeah. Um, 
the the big one I remember from him was was obviously a Quatermass experiment. Or, yeah, that's a great one. No, Quatermass, Quatermass in the pit. Sorry, oh, the other okay. one. The other, yeah, also the Quatermass good. experiment was was a different thing. Uh, is because it's confusing because there there was a there was a TV production of and they did a remake of it because the BBC being the BBC lost all the tapes uh, for <laughs> most of them. <laughs> yes, because they did that. Yeah, we have to tape over this for with for a cooking show or something. Who knows? Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. No, he, Quatermass in the Pit is great. It's basically life force, life force without the boobs. So it's, I've, I've good. heard other other people other people call life force Quatermass in the tits. Well, is, life is, force is terrible. I love life force. Oh, I, I acknowledge that it's terrible, and I can I can see exactly what happened in that production and where the money ran out and when they decided to tack the, the different parts back on. But I, I mean, I love that movie. It's, it's probably I'm because muted. I saw it when I was like six, and it was like, oh, boobs. But I mean, hey, you know, and it, I saw it when I was six, and I was like, ah, boobs, because um, I'm gay. <laughs> um, but it doesn't. I, I'm, I'm yeah. everything, so like, you know, I'm equal equal opportunity. Good for you. I'm, you, you I'm, I'm, everything's great. Um, that wasn't sarcasm. I, I mean that. Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, Baker made some actual good movies and other other good movies. He did. Um, uh, Vampire Lovers, which I love, and uh, Asylum, and mm-hmm. he, yeah. he directed probably the best worst Hammer film, which is the Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. Oh yes, 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 I do remember that. Now one. that's a bad movie. That's the Peter Cushing Kung Fu Vampire movie with a co-production with yes. the Shaw Brothers, but it's mm-hmm. a good bad. Oh no, it's incredibly enjoyable. Yes, there are very bad Hammer films that are not good bad. Um, um, there was a theater in Portland that used to do like a kung fu movie night, and they and they did a run of Shaw Brothers movies, and that was one of them. And that, oh, that, the house loved that man. It, and granted, it was pretty drunk out at that point, but it it was a blast. <laughs> I would imagine that'd be great with the crowd. Yeah. Oh, it was it was it was a it was a party, man. And they they had some kind of arrangement with with Tarantino, and they had like access to his sixteen millimeter collection. So they got oh, like cool. a lot of the original prints of those Shaw Brothers movies with like the really bad subtitles. Oh man, uh, it was it was great. It was absolutely great. That sounds like a blast. I should mention that uh, Roy Ward Baker did direct an honest to goodness classic. He did direct a night to a member. So I feel like if we don't mention that, that's not very fair. Um, yeah, no, he, he, to... he made some good movies too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A night to a member, um, the first real big Titanic movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I have not seen that. I hear it's very good. Uh, I'm sure it mm-hmm. is, uh, and I, I would like to see it. See it someday. It's on my list. That has Anna Blackman, and I like I like Anna Blackman. Um, yeah, yeah. So she's in a lot of well, good I, I movies. We both definitely gravitate toward like esoteric trash, though. So I mean, to, I like trash. Trash is fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I when I watch movies, I want to have a good time. So like, I'll watch like a serious artistic film. But I usually won't watch it again. Like, yeah, you and know. usually like maybe a couple times a year if I if I have the bandwidth and the energy to like pay attention to something. But half the time it's just like I want something I can make a drinking game out of. Exactly. We watched Cronenberg's um, The Fly last week, and oh, I'll give I'll give you a drinking game for that. Every time someone says flesh, take a shot. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that that, that could be almost any Cronenberg movie, honestly. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> the guy, the guy knows what he likes. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to point out really quick about the crew on this: uh, the music in this film is fascinating, and we'll get to like the live music later. But this film has three composers, 
because mm-hmm. it's an anthology. Separate segments. Yeah. Each each one of the separate composer. The first two kind of whatever music, kind of bland um just orchestral music. And the composers for those didn't do much else. One of them one of them did a lot of TV. Douglas Gamely did a ton of uh movies and TV, but nothing nothing that would make you really stand out. Like he worked he he did he worked on Tron, but he was a he was a conductor. Like right. a lot of his com- compositions were for lesser known films. And then the other guy, John I don't even know how to say this name. Um, he was also an orchestra leader, but Alan Hackshaw does the third story, and oh that yeah, a, and that stands out. Yeah, really, because it's like this really fantastic um, electronic score. Yeah, early electronica, and it's and it's interesting because this is not the kind of story you would think to use that for, but it, if anything, it makes it a little bit more unsettling. Yeah, because that's, that's that's the most unsettling one for me, for sure. But he it's the, it's the best a, of the three stories. I, it's it's the most consistent, yeah, for sure. Um, but he he was a, a musician. He worked with Olivia Newton-John and Donna Summer and David Bowie back mm-hmm. in the sixties and seventies. And he had a group. I forgot the group's name, but the guitar riff in "Rapper's Delight" is taken from one of his songs. Oh yeah, yeah. So so he gets royalties like every time somebody uses that. Maybe. I mean, I would, I, I, early rap, early hip hop so. is a little sketchy. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. That's, that's fair. Uh, I mean, like sampling being what it is, probably not. But, it, but it'd be great if that were the case. That'd be great if that was the case. Yes. And there was, there was, there was, as I said, other music in this movie, and we'll get to it very soon. But uh, like I said before, really hard to find production information on this movie. So if you're to, anyone listening is interested, just read the IMDb trivia page. It might be true. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's not know. like people doing a lot of like oral histories or whatever of this movie. Yeah, it just and, sort of came out. Nobody liked it. It went away. And everybody forgot about it. Yes, and um, the IMDb trivia does not have to be sourced because my favorite my favorite piece of IMDb trivia is for Enter the Ninja, where somebody submitted and it was taken. Said filmed inside a real ninja. <laughs> <laughs> so. There you go. Yeah, I don't believe everything you read on the internet. No, no, definitely not. So, so I think let's talk about this movie. We're going to spoil the hell out of it. Um, oh, yeah. As I said, it's on every streaming thing ever. You should watch it. Um, yeah, you could pause it right now, watch it on YouTube, and then come back. Yeah, you could like watch one segment, come back to us, watch one segment, come back to us if you wanted to. So you could run it over movie... like it's commentary. Yeah, <laughs> I said do that someday. I've always wanted to do that. Anyway, um, the framing device is very interesting, uh, and that's where we get uh, Vincent Price and John Carradine. So. Yep. Carradine is playing R. Chetwood Hayes looking at um, a book display of his own books. And then mm-hmm. Vincent Price shows up. And what does Vincent Price immediately do? Oh, yeah. He's, he does a, does a vampire thing. Yes. And the, the, the funny thing is, like, uh, there are a couple funny things here. First of all, like, John Carradine is supposed to be, like, drained and weak. But you can't tell the difference because yes. John Carradine. <laughs> Um, but meanwhile, this is, as far as I can tell, the only film where Vincent Price plays a vampire. 
I think it is. Yeah. I can't think of uh, another one where he does. Like, you always associate him with that kind of thing, but I don't think he ever did, other than this movie, ever actually play a vampire. Like, Kermit plays yeah. a vampire. <laughs> In the Muppet <laughs> show where he shows up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's strange a lot. Like, I don't think, I mean, this is also technically, I guess, the only time Donald Pleasant's played a vampire later on. Yeah. Like, for like yeah, a minute. For a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I, did, like, I did not expect Donald Pleasance. Also, I forgot that he was in this. It was it, like, like when he showed up, like peeking over a hedge at the school children. He's like, "What the <laughs> fuck is Donald Pleasance doing here?" <laughs> I didn't and, know you had Donald Pleasance money. Yeah, I mean that's not a lot of money. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah. He he. He'll, t- he'll take what he can get. But um, I like that scene. So like, you see, Aramis. That's that's Vincent Price's character. He he's desperate for blood. He. Yep. Bites John Carradine, and they establish in, in, in the mythology of this universe, if you don't bite too deep, the victim does not become a vampire. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it, it, it is, if you go deep enough to hit a nerve or something. Yeah, then, so don't go deep. They are. Anyway, um, too deep. Anyway, I made too many jokes. I'm going to make more jokes in a second. So because he bites <laughs> him, it fades, it cuts, and then the next scene you see is Vincent Price getting up off his knees and John Carradine straightening his tie. And um, relatable, I'm just gonna say. And, and I'm gonna there are a lot that. of moments like that, but it's just like, excuse me, what, what just happened? What what what, what was he sucking? Um, hey, I, hey, you know, I, 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 not, I have to, I have to feel like they know what they were doing with that. Like it's just I, it's I too. Doubt. It's hilarious. I mean, everything though. else about it is so camp. Like you you yeah. couldn't not. Yeah. I'm going to choose so, to believe that they knew what they were doing. I hope so. But they, um, Aramis is very happy. That's when he realizes that that his victim was Chetweed Hayes. Or I don't, I'm saying his name wrong, probably. His victim was the writer. And he's like, I'm a big fan of your work. I should take you to uh, my... The worst nightclub ever? The, the best worst nightclub ever where you can meet some monsters. And he's like, all right, I got nothing else going on. <laughs> And so, what? So you go to the Monster Club. What do you think of the Monster Club? Monster Club is oh my god! Don't get don't get your hopes up for Monster Club, like <laughs> it, it, like 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 Dollar General Halloween masks and leotards, just as far as the oh. eye can see. Oh like, yeah. No, oh, it's so it's so. I I, I, mean, I can't even say it's bad. Like, I I honestly enjoy it for what it is. It, that's just I've been to parties like this, and that's fine. I, I, I feel the disconnect between the quality of the costumes and the quality of the decor is night and day because. Oh, right. Yeah. Cause they, they have like a whole like Chinese theater thing going on with, with the club, but the costumes and, are dreadful. And a, a, that amazing like synth wave coffin table. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want oh, one of those, honestly. I, me too. Like the light coming out of it. And I want one of those with like this... an infinity mirror in it. <laughs> That'd be terrifying but you're right um and while they're there there's live music and so we have a few bands here and i'm a music guy you know people probably know me for that first more than movies and okay so have you heard of any of these bands before you saw this movie i will get to that as they show up um okay the the first band no so the first band is the viewers playing monsters rule okay okay (laughs) Which is such a goddamn earworm. Like, yes. I, I knew I remembered this movie because like when you mentioned it, that popped into my head. It must have been at least 20 years and I could still remember that fucking song. <laughs> they are a no-hit wonder. They mm-hmm. 
don't even have an album. Uh, they they have one seven inch single that is not this song. It is some song called Accident and a song called Pen Friend. And they are only on two albums. One is the Monster Club soundtrack, and one is a compilation from 2021 called Staring at the Rude Boys, uh, which collects huh. British ska revival. So I guess they were in that scene also. Um, right. Uh, it's an okay song. It's very obnoxious. It's, it's incredibly uh, irritating, but it is also one yeah. of those where you just can't get it out. It reminds me of like... Um, I reminds me of bands no one's heard of, so I'm not going to bother. <laughs> but okay. there's a there's a scene there's a, there's a, there's a, a British music scene at a club called the 101 Club. That's where um, Wang Chung came from. Was oh, okay. that scene? And they have bands. Let me look up if anybody knows any of these bands. They probably do not. Um, oh, the Fix. The Fix is from that scene. Um, they. Uh, and a few other like really kind of obscure bands. And it's kind of a, it's a very pop friendly punk sound is the best way I can describe okay. that. That's where the Thompson twin, the Thompson twins came from that scene. Sure. Yeah. It was like that, that late seventies, early eighties. like the post -punk. Uh, yeah, yeah. So kind of a, a slightly more aggressive, but still very pop friendly sound. Um, I think the biggest band from that scene is probably Wang Chung. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And a very stupid song, but fun. And you get to see some people in terrible costumes dance. Uh, yep. In case you're wondering, nobody from this band did anything else ever. Um, the main guy was in that's a band. Gonna be, that's going to be a running theme here, actually. No, that, I mean, no there that's one band. No, two of the bands did stuff. Um, the main guy from this group, Alan Jerry, had a group called Perfect Zebras. What? Which what? released a new... Okay, so here's my thing. If you made a new wave album in 1982 and I never heard of it, it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> um, oh, no doubt. So so I don't know anything about Perfect... I'll have to look up Perfect Zebras later. Maybe they're great. I'm not being sarcastic. Maybe they're great. They could be. Uh, who knows? So we get Monsters Rule OK, and then John Carradine asks about this monster genealogical chart on the wall. Oh, God. <laughs> which I want. Someone I, make that a poster. I will I, buy it. I, I would absolutely put this on the wall. Yeah. It, it, it feels like, is this racist? Like, is this some phrenology <laughs> thing? It oh, no. seems that? like there's something wrong with this. It's kind of like monster eugenics, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, then it, it gets it increasingly ridiculous. Like it starts off and it's like, you know, a vampire and a werewolf is a werepire. But then as you go down the list, they start getting like Harry Potter names. Like this is a skimmerink <laughs> and this is a dildadang. And I, I I can't even remember what half of them are called. Well, the first and, one's and, a Shadmock, and, and, and I forgot what a Shadmock is. Shadmock um, is like the most pathetic one, I guess. It's, it's like it at the bottom of the pathetic. list. And they mostly whistle, is the yes, line. Yes, they mostly whistle, and then, lead, yes. and then they'll lead into the first story. Yeah. So what's the first story, what's the first story about? <laughs> oh, God. It's, it's, well, it's, I, I guess it's ostensibly like a con artist couple want to rob this rich antiquarian. <laughs> but like you know he's he's a monster sort of like they play it up like he's a monster like he does the whole like my face is hideous i i, I should wear a mask like the phantom of the opera <laughs> yes and then he's and then he's just not like he turns around and he's, he's just it's james lawrenson like <laughs> like he's not a terribly is... attractive man but 
I have, I have, I have, I have done things with people less attractive than teams. Yeah. Lawrence, Same. <laughs> yes, yes. I, 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 I rewind it for a second. I was like, "Am I missing something? Does he have some other horrible scar?" No, it's just, just, just he's kind of pale. Like, he, he's like he has a, more he's of a like, tan than like, I do. He, he looks, he looks like a kind of a ghastly version of Mister Bean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, much. that's about that's about right. James Lawson played Pink's father in the Wall. In the Pink Floyd, the Wall. Pink's, Pink's uh, dad in the Wall. Yeah, that's what my, almost everybody's gonna know him from. Or like there was a. Wasn't there like an early, was it a TV version of one of those Bourne movies? I can't remember. Somebody from it, somebody from this, yeah, he, yeah, he is in the TV Bourne movie. Yes. Yeah. Other than I that, I can't I've think never of seen that. Lot. Yeah, I haven't. And, I didn't even know it existed until I was trying to figure out what the hell this guy was. And the, the woman in this, yeah, the woman in this is Barbara Kellerman, and. I recognized her because she played the White Witch in the in the '80s version of Lion Within a Wardrobe, which I saw, which I saw in sixth grade. Um, oh, I remember and, that. I oh, that yeah, no kidding. Yeah, and then her boyfriend is a guy named Simon Ward. He is in a few small films. He, he has small roles in a few films. He's in Supergirl. Good for him. Um, but like the original Supergirl. I mean, I don't know if yes, there's a new one. There probably is. There, no, there's only one. There's only, they, 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 that's not okay. a mistake he made twice. Um, so she she they see a newspaper ad for someone that needs help cataloging antiquities and yep. um the woman's b- boyfriend is like you should go take that and steal it from him and he's like oh, okay and like a genius plot here genius plot and she see first he won't do it because he's so hideous he's not hideous and they come up <laughs> she, she comes back and they become friends and he oh, there, there, there's some intervening bits like he's really into pigeons. He's um, really into there, pigeons. There's a, sin- yeah. there, there's a sinister, most fluffy cat that kills one of the pigeons. Also, this is probably the most like dark place scene in the in this in, the, in this movie where like somebody very clearly like tosses a cat into frame from just off camera. And he's just sort of vaguely annoyed by it. Yeah, like, he's supposed to be pouncing we- in to like go after the pigeons. It's like, no, somebody obviously just threw that cat and he didn't like it. If you want to see a lot of thorn, thorn cats in a movie, watch the, watch the Peter Cushing cat horror anthology, The Uncanny, um, where every cat every cat in that movie is like, "Fuck you, fucking fuck this shit." <laughs> um, so she, you know, I, yeah, I he explicitly says at one point, "I I can't go out in public because there's too much noise, and if I whistle, I must never yeah. whistle." Um, I must never whistle. And then he whistles a cat to death. He melts a cat yeah, and, with whistles. And you know, I I've gone, I'm gonna say months not whistling. <laughs> it's not <laughs> it's not that hard. Not that hard <laughs> not to whistle. He it, wants it, to it, whistle. When you That's whistle people turn into a puddle of goo, you just wouldn't. I mean, or you oh, do I'm it all the time. Always. I don't know. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's no middle ground now. Non-stop yeah. whistling. Yeah, just walking down the street. <laughs> this, this be this be quoting Flo Rida. Blow my whistle, bit. Anyway, um. So yeah, cat murders his pigeon, so he whistles, and that cat fucking melts. Yep. Yeah. And the aftermath of that is pretty great. It's good foreshadowing. Yes. So and then he falls in love with the lady, and mm-hmm. uh, they've never this is the only lady put up with his hideousness. Yes, it's it's very much he's very much Cameron and Ferris Bueller's day off. He falls in love with the first girl who talks to him. 
Um, and <laughs> well, because nothing else happens before he nothing, proposes. Yeah, and so her boyfriend is like, "Say yes, you can get money." So she she says yes. They have a big party with the family. Everyone's wearing masks. Everyone's having a gay old the time. Weirdest fucking masks. I'm confused about yeah, where they source masks. these masks from. Yeah, they're creepy, but they're just like translucent plastic things, and they're just sort of vaguely cone shaped. And they're all identical. It's like you want to go to a fancy dress party and you think everybody's going to be wearing dominoes or like animal masks. It's like, no, everybody's wearing this identical plastic face shield like it's COVID. It's weird. It's very strange. And this is when like you start to feel sorry for her because it's like her boyfriend is pushing her to do this. But then this is on her. But then when she gets to the safe, though, she's like so giddy with robbery. It's like, oh, money, money, Mm. money. Um, And (laughs) And, and like the 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 poor Shadmark, he's like, you can take all this, you could still love, but as long as you still love me. And she's like, I'll never love you. You're hideous. Yes, she and, went from like the the, the pathos, like crying in bed, like I can't do this to this poor man, to like you're fucking ugly, and I could never touch you. Yes, <laughs> like, I don't. I can't, even, I can't imagine what your dick looks like. It's just <laughs> terrifying. Um, <laughs> it also has eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> been there anyway um my mom was in this podcast sorry mom anyway um so anyway the obvious thing happens yes he blows a whistle and then in a genuinely creepy scene like honestly she returns home and takes off her her like her veil on her dress and she is melting and Saying to her boyfriend, "You could still love me," and um, he goes crazy. Yeah, yeah. Because the, As, the beginning of this, we forgot to mention, was like it, he's in an asylum and he doesn't speak anymore. Yes. What could have happened? It's like very yeah. strangely, he, this this anthology story has a framing device, <laughs> which is like <laughs> within the framing device within the yeah. Yes. It's it's pretty recursive. So so, do you like this story? Yeah, actually, I, I think I think this one's sound. I, I like I like the the last one best, obviously, but the, no, this this is solid. It, it, I it's, think it's it, it very much. It's, it'd be a good episode of Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, definitely. And if I had seen this when I was a kid, that last shot would have freaked me the fuck out. Oh yeah, that would that's that that stays oh. with you. And, and it is yeah, the closest it, thing we get to like a real like gore effect in this too. It's really if, if you gross. call that. It's just like she's she's covered in goop, but it's it's solid. It's it's a good effect. Especially yes. when you saw the cat and, earlier, so your imagination's filling it in a little. Yes, yes. And, it, and it's really painting the pixel of a really slow and agonizing death because she's melting slowly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she has, she, she has enough time to get home. <laughs> so, <laughs> but from one well, terror... Did, did, yeah. did she drive? Did, did she get a oh, ride? God, did I she hope take not. the bus? She, on, she, she got on the bus. Buses are scary. Um, <laughs> I've seen but, weirder shit on the bus. Totally, totally. And I'll give her pain You can call it fate She's the one I rate She's just the kind of girl I love to punctuate When I kiss and I find a hand I make a love to a colander But from one terrifying face to another, because after her, it cuts immediately to another song. Um, oh God! By uh, this is the worst song in the movie, I think. It's terrible. It's terrible. The yeah. slurping sounds. 
and this is and this is sucker for your love which is punctuated by sucking sounds sucking sounds and it's by ba robertson and who did go on i had never he he was in mike and the mechanics (laughs) (laughs) so that means that means that means jeremy parish owns five albums by this guy um (laughs) so (laughs) maybe i'll come I own I own one Mike and the Mechanics album. I like Mike and the Mechanics. Um That's fine. There are know, more shameful things. Uh All I Need is a Miracle. Good song. Yeah. That's a good well, song. This is not All I Need is a Miracle. Not by No, a this long is not shot. even this is not even the, the Living Years. This is this is low. Um <laughs> and his makeup is terrible. The direction is terrible because it's just a close up on his face for like the entire song. The whole thing, yeah. I I, I yeah. always check out at this part. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna go fix another drink. Yeah, YouTube makes it easy to skip forward, so you can skip through that one. Uh, but yeah, B. A. Robinson, in addition to writing songs for Mechanic Mechanics, he also wrote some songs for Christy Mc, Christy McNichol and Cliff Richards, who also sucks. Um, Cliff Richards is a is a I talked I talked about him last time in the last episode. He's a kind of like a the the stereotypical huge in the UK and nobody else pop star. Um, ah. yeah. So terrible song cuts back to the month, cuts back to, um, Vincent and Dave. And then talking more monster genealogy, talking about monster genealogy. Very, very suspicious. Like, I don't want to know. I don't want your literature. Uh, Aramis, what are you, what are you going on about? It's very, very creepy. And then the monster club announces they have a guest. It is vampire film producer because aren't they all vampires? They say, <laughs> and it is <laughs> Limpton Bazowski. Which, if you if you're not an idiot, <laughs> you can probably guess is an anagram of Milton yeah. Sabatsky. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, there, that, that that happens a couple times. I think there was another producer, somebody who was involved with this. It was also like their name just reversed. There were there were a lot of those. It's a it's very like self referential movie. It's like yeah. Troll 2, and nip, nip, the, the town name is Goblin, spelled backwards. Yeah, um, no Bog. No Bog, yes. And he introduces the next story as part of a movie he's working on, which is cute. That's a cute, a cute idea. And that's what makes the joke where you said earlier, like it's based on his childhood, but in modern times. And then Vincent Price says, budget. Yeah. This catty little comment about, yeah. Yes. So this is the lightest story of the three. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's usual for anthology movies. Like any any kind of portmanteau flick, like the second one's usually going to be like a little bit comedic, mm. and they're usually also the weakest one. Yeah, I'm just going to say that as like a broad rule of thumb. Yeah, because this one's kind of comedic. It's about a kid whose dad's a vampire. That's pretty much all it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, He's yeah. bullied at school. Yada yada yada. His dad's a vampire. He lets on to some vampire hunters, which. <laughs> This confused me. Okay, what confused because you? When, uh, okay, when uh, when the Exorcist shows up, uh, he he says that they're, they're what do they call their squad? The the, the B, the guys with the violin cases. His dad warned him about guys with, with violin yeah. cases. He says he says they're called the Blini. And at first, I was like, "Are you talking about like a Russian pancake? Like, <laughs> why the fuck would you call yourselves the Blini? Like, like they're made of buckwheat. No, it's it's a dumb play on words. I put it together later, but like right before we started this, it's like, oh, the fucking the Sweeney was on TV. 
at the time. That 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 UK like police drama oh, called the Sweeney. The Bleeney okay. is a play on the Sweeney. It's not B L I N I. It's B L E E N E Y. I would it have is the never play on words. No, it. No, I I didn't either. It, it only came to me when I was because it's been rattling around in the back of my head. It's like why the fuck with the the Bleeney? No, that's it's it's a really even then knowing the context, it's a weak play on words. There's a lot of weak stuff in this story. Like the kid is <laughs> the kid, the kid is like this weakling little dweeb, uh, and he gets made fun of at school because he can't jump over a fucking puddle. <laughs> yes, yes, that's so so stupid. And I don't even feel bad for this kid. Even no, later, he's like whining, like, "Yo, I'm better than you. I'm a viscount." Like, okay, yeah, push him mom, in the is, mom is also pushing some some uh, eugenics. It's like you're, yeah, you have royal blood in you. You are literally better than them. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, no, no. fuck this kid. Fuck his mom. Just no. fuck you, Brett Bre- Eklund. Do not give me a literature. I do not want to know. <laughs> what are so your anyway, thoughts on, on Black Lives Matter? Don't tell me. Um, yeah, shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, the exorcist and his buddies show up, and they kill his dad. His dad, and with his with his dying moment, like infects the other guy with vampirism. I guess he bit deep enough. They say as much, yeah. and they then you know much, his yeah. henchmen have to his henchmen have to kill him. There's a scuffle. He, he throws a curtain rod at them, and they struggle <laughs> with the curtain. It's very Scooby Doo. And then I'm trying. Trying to remember at the end after all this happens and they leave is like yeah we got to kill our boss we're living the dream, like <laughs> dad, dad, dad gets up and pulls the steak out and says I have a steak proof vest filled with tomato catsup. <laughs> yeah, and we, okay. we didn't mention that, we didn't mention that Donald Pleasance is the vampire hunter. Um, we didn't mention no, by, by name. No, sorry, Donald Pleasance is. The, I'm sorry, I keep saying the Exorcist. It's just like <laughs> I keep forgetting his name. Yes. But yeah, and Donald very, Pleasance after after he's killed by his by his henches, then yeah, dad gets up. He's fine. He had a he had a he had a, he had a vest, the stake proof vest. Even though it was clearly driven like four inches into his chest. He's just really, 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 really skinny. Oh, he's got like pectus excavatum. Like <laughs> his breastbone is just really deep. He's like concave. <laughs> um Yeah. Uh, the 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 dad is somebody who has been on a movie that's been in this podcast. Uh, the dad is Richard Johnson. He played Hugh Drummond in Deadlier Than the Male, which is a Bond ripoff from the late sixties that is oh. markedly better than most James Bond films, in my opinion. Um, and if you want to see, like, that is a huge influence on Austin Powers. Is Deadlier Than the Male um, because oh, no that shit. movie is that movie is horny as shit. And it has it has um Ursula Andres I think isn't it, um, oh, and it had it's a really really fun B movie I, I I recommend Deadlier Than the Male yeah no not Brit Ellen uh, Elke Sumner Elke Sumner uh she was in A Shot in the Dark and up uh, and um The Wrecking Crew and a few other like B movies in the in the sixties and seventies she was she was gorgeous, um. I recommend huh. that one. I'll, I talk I'll about it on the podcast. Yeah. It's a real fun B movie, and we we did mention the mom is Britt Eklund. She was in Asylum and Wicker. She's a, she's a Wicker Man. Um, yeah, yeah. And the good if one. you want to, oh, I mean, yeah, the, yeah, the real the, one, the original, but yeah, yes. the real one. 
And if you want to see Nobody her did. in, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, don't interrupt. No, 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 I had nothing. Go on. Yeah. Uh, if you want to see her in the most canceled movie, <laughs> um, watch uh, what the peeper saw, or maybe don't. Um, what? So uh, that's on to be in America. Um, and That movie has inappropriate scenes between Britt Eklund and a 12-year-old boy. Oh, gross. Um, okay. Yeah. And nothing, I mean, it's it's shot in a way that obviously nothing happened. But um, So it's, it's, so it's a, like that Madonna video with the, with the peep booth. It's kind of like that Nicole can rebirth, I would imagine, um, with the <laughs> reincarnated kid. But my, my letterbox review of that movie is... For a movie about redacted and redacted, featuring a scene where redacted to the fun of a redacted, it sure is boring. Um, but that movie's fucked up, <laughs> so I kind of recommend it. If you're the kind of person who likes to watch really fucked up movies, um, what the people saw, it's fucked up. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep that off my list. <laughs> okay, then. so so after that very slight story, that's also I think it has to be the shortest story in the movie too. It is. It is. It's like um, nothing happens. It's kind of. It's kind of strong for it. It's the closest thing to like a. a I, I realize this is you know an amicus film, but it's, it's very hammer horror. Yeah. In its, in its tone. Yes. Um. And, and very Lovecrafty. Like it's, it's it's a ghoul story. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. It's a. It's a. Yeah. The last one is. But before we get to the last story, we get back and we see a third band. Oh this right. Is nice. Oh, the good one. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Well, monsters rule. Okay, is fun. Um, Monsters Will Okay is fun. This is actually a pretty solid song. The f- weird thing is, like, this band, which I'd never heard of, they did apparently have two albums, both of which flopped, and this mm-hmm. song is not on either one of them. Yeah, yeah. So Maybe they wouldn't have flopped if it was, because it's, it's actually not bad. This is Knight. So Knight has two people of note in it. First, there's the singer. That is Stevie Lang. Stevie Lang is Mutt Lang's ex-wife. Yep. Mutt Lang being the producer of uh, Back in Black, Hysteria, Shania Twain's yep. albums, um, all kinds of shit. And sees the singer. And the guitar player and other and the other singer is Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson was the singer for Math and Man's Earth Band when they sang for Blinded by the Light. I believe that's him. So, yeah, in that. are- yes. Um, I love Manth and Man's Earth Band. So I straight up recognized him. <laughs> um, <laughs> good job, guys. Nice. I didn't. I didn't I, look it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's a good song. Yeah, it's solid. I and I honestly, I, I love the entire bit. The, the, the strip tease is fun. And there's this rotoscoped bit where you can tell when it like switches to silhouette. And it's like, oh, now it's rotoscoped. And the strip tease yeah. continues. And she's a skeleton taking her skin off. It's like that. Yes. Uh, what was that one video with the, with the dude stripper that like continues and like rips his skin and his muscles and Robbie Williams. Thank you. And it was, I haven't seen that since like 2007. That was it. Yeah. It, it reminded me of that. Except, you know, yes, in a the, the video that way. most likely killed his career in America was that. Yes. Um, 
It was the best thing he ever did. Uh, I have a friend who fucking loves Robert. I can't stand him. Um, but yeah, it, it's a it's a cute little bit. And then John Karen is like, hey, I got to go. But no, one more story. Because <laughs> he sees the really pretty Hume, the Hume goo. That, that's, that's what they call it. God, that's the human goo. ghoul. Uh, yep. And he wants to hear well, surely about that. She couldn't be evil. She looks okay. <laughs> yeah. Pretty girls can't she's perfectly, be evil. She's normal and Aryan. There's, what, what could she have done? Yes. The idea <sighs> of pretty, girl, pretty girls can't be evil. That's like the opposite of like Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This yeah, if there was a great, modern retelling of this story, she'd be like she'd be like licking a PlayStation controller or something just to trigger yeah. incels. Oh. Oh. So, but you like this story a lot. I do. I, I did like this one. It, it's, yeah. it's it's very very Lovecrafty, and I realize it's a it's a bit basic. I, I you know where it's going from minute one. So what? It's, yeah, it's, what it's is? Good. So yeah, so so I I've been summarizing a lot of these. So what happens in this one? This one is, is a film producer. Because man, dude. Film producers and directors and shit keep showing up in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder what they were thinking about. But he's, he's like scouting for locations. He's trying to find something genuinely creepy. It's like, we can't do a Hammer horror movie when there's a hotel and a, and a barbecue next door. Um, <laughs> and he finds this, this, this <laughs> hidden little town driving through the fog machine. And uh, <laughs> you can see the fog machine, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's great. I love it. Um, and just the, the, there's a cobwebby inn, the creepy innkeeper, these yokels that look really inbred, and just this process of discovery he tries to leave, and his car's been sabotaged, and then you know the kindly innkeeper's daughter shows up and tries to warn him, yes. and the the dawning realization that their ghouls and all of their clothes and their furniture and shit comes from the the coffins that they've been excavating, and it's just mm-hmm. again it's, it's very Lovecraft. I, I realize it's kind of paint by numbers Lovecraft, but it's it's just solid. For what it is, well, it's it's also interesting because this is these they're zombies, like they call them yeah. ghouls, but they're zombies. And the modern well, I was zombies, more like, ghouls, like 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 Pikmin's model ghouls. What's Pikmin's model? It was a, it was a Lovecraft story. It's about okay, people I'm live sorry. in sanatories, non bones, that kind of thing. It, it kind of predates okay. the modern zombie. Um, yeah, because yeah, because the modern zombies from from Romero. There's nothing before Romero yeah. that that references that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, before that, you have stuff like Plan 9 and whatnot. It's like it's, it's a, a mind control zombie. thing. Yeah, they're voodoo zombies, and that's, that's an entirely different thing. Like, no, the, the, the fact that they call them ghouls in Night of the Living Dead, I think, is more a reference to, like, yeah, th- this mythology is closer to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really like in this, so, so the, the director is played by Stuart Whitman. He was a leading man back in the day. Yeah, he's an Oscar nominee. Um, yeah. And one of those guys whose career kind of started... St- Started pretty strong and that's kind of slowly went on the drain. Um, he's in, he's in Night of the Lepus. Oh God, he is! Oh shit, I forgot about that. I oh, should mention. Wow. I should mention that he is he is in the Academy Award nominated film The Mark, and he is also in The Longest Day. So he's in real movies. I don't want to. Just yeah, he was, he was in a lot of good movies. I didn't I didn't realize he was in Night of the Lepus. Jesus Christ. I'll have to yes. rewatch that. It's been years. Night of the Lepus, for those who don't know, is the giant bunny film starring giant Stuart, Stuart Whitman, Janet Lee, DeForest Kelly, and fucking Rory Calhoun. Um, <laughs> yeah, foo, that's a movie. Um, 
So he he goes to this town, and then the innkeeper is Patrick McGee, who most people probably recognize as the old man in Clockwork Orange whose daughter is assaulted. Uh, yeah. He's also in eight million horror films. He's, 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 he's playing to his type. He, he, he does this role. This, this is what he does. Yeah. Apparently, he would take these roles to get money to finance theatrical productions. So really, that was his, his real his real love was a theater, which is so huh. he's like, he's like, yeah, I'll do Asylum and Demons of the Mind, the worst Hammer film, um, which also <laughs> stars Demons of the Mind has another Manfred Mann vocalist in it. But anyway, um, no look kidding. at the two films with Manfred Mann vocalists. Millions of little connections here. Yes, to Manfred that's Mann. That's almost tragic. I feel really I feel really bad for the guy retrospectively now. Well, no, I mean, I think he did it. To, I mean. He got to do what he really wanted to do by doing these movies. That's true. So you know, I yeah. think I don't think if you know he didn't need well, to. It's do not like it, he was prostituting you know? himself. It was yeah, and it, clearly no, it's no. a fun kind of role. And like in this movie, I think he has six lines. It's not a hard job. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. One of the older show they'll be here soon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because the they keep talking about the elders will be there. Uh, yeah. And. She, she, um, the the girl who's humgu because she mentions that her mom came like he, came there like he did, and then after she yeah. was born, they ate her. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, they let her. They buried her in letter season for a minute first. I think was the <laughs> yes. implication. Also, <laughs> she'll be good I, eating I, in a few months. The uh, the draw. So, like when they talk that you get the backstory of the town from like these old drawings. Mm-hmm. Um, which are really yeah, that's a weird bit. Yeah. I appreciate it. I, I, I do like the, the, the kind of illustrated history of it. I, I wish there were kind of more frames and panels to it as opposed to yeah. just jerking across the same page for like five minutes. <laughs> <I'm> uh, <laughs> but, it, but it's really good. I like that. It's, it's the kind of thing that, again, it reminds me of like Pickman's model or like the, the bit in uh, Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath with the ghouls. Like, okay, it, is that another, just, another, another Lovecraft? Yeah, yeah. It is... It's not exclusively about book ghouls, but there there's a bit, and yeah, I don't know. It, it, it bringing that back, I think, probably made this appeal to me more. Is a more yeah. familiar and comforting thing. If ghouls are comforting, I don't know. <laughs> but he, they decide to make a run for it. They make it through the fog. She's hit in the head with a rock and dies immediately. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh God, she has this heartbreaking little speech about like, oh, I've seen oh, a rabbit when his he- back is broken and it dies quickly, and I'll be dead too. It's I'll never like, get to dress oh, no. in nice things. Um, it's very <laughs> it's terrible. It's, yeah, it's, it's so terrible. emotionally manipulative, but it but it does a good job. It does a good job, and then he escapes, but the cops bring him back to the town to, so he can get eaten. The end. Yeah, he um, thinks he escapes. He's picked up by the cops. It turns out the cops are a police escort for the elders who are arriving in their meat wagon, and they're going to yes. pick her up on the way back in. And does that <laughs> really? That last shot is super creepy. Where. They're all just like clawing at the windows. Yes. To get to it's, 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 to it's, 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 it's a good bit. I like it a lot. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's it, 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 they went for the classic zombie movie thing of everybody trying to get him in the car. But yeah. And, and the soundtrack again is like incongruous. Yeah. And, oh, and I think it works for that. Thank you.
it's just this really great like all synth score. It's really good. And I'm a sucker for all synth scores, mm-hmm. but it's a real good one. It kind of sounds like library music. Well, that makes sense because uh, Alan Hackshaw did a lot of library music. Um, yeah, yeah. But but, but it's, it's, this of all of all of them, this is probably the most gothic story like the one that's probably most like a hammer horror thing and so having that synth score it reminds me of like 70s doctor who where you had like a lot of gothic stories like in in, in the vein of hammer horror with like a synth soundtrack yeah totally yeah yeah it, it's it's definitely of of that regard and, and oh, also, it looks- is it weird? i'm making a weird connection here but like tom baker and john pertwee also did a lot of films with uh with uh amicus or a couple now, at least now who, who 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 one more time who is that Tom Baker and uh, John Pertwee, like the third and fourth Doctors, respectively. Or, sorry, other way around. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm yeah, very bad at Doctor Who. Oh, it's fine. You don't have to be. I'm just, I'm just like making connections because like, these are all these overlapping cliques of, of films and filmmakers. Well, um, well last, la- my last episode had Rob Hill, who's a, who has a, a channel called The Movie Bible on YouTube, which you should check out. Bad Movie, bad movie Bible on YouTube. And he was, telling, he was talking about how, you know, England's a small country. And so... If you if you want to be a living actor, you're going to be in eight million TV shows and movies, and everyone works together all the time. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's all very <laughs> uh, incestuous. It's like any other small industry like that. It's like comics. It's like video games. It's, yeah. it's like the music industry. You 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 run into the same dozen people over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and apparently, the pretty things. We'll get to them in a minute. But that story ends, and then John Carradine is like, "I really you have to be going now," and. Vincent Price is like, no, no, you should join the club. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, but like I'm not the most Twilight Zone speech. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> Vincent Price convinces the monsters that humans are the worst monsters of all by kind of indirectly referencing the Holocaust. Yes. Among other things, but just like, yes, they've killed so many millions just this century. They've done it in so many innovative ways. We really have to honor them for their contributions to just horribleness. And it's, it's I the do, most like it's the most Rod Serling kind of humanist self condemnation of just yeah. like wow, for really really spectacularly shitty. I really like when the werewolf says, "I had no idea," and John Kieran is like, "We don't we don't like to brag." <laughs> yes, it's a good it's a great joke. line. It's, it's a great. It's, it's corny, but it's really good. Yeah, I've been shitting on John Carradine. John Carradine was a good actor. He's just, he's not doing much in this movie because he's like ninety. Um. And he's just kind of reacting quietly to stuff. But when he does yeah. have lines, he is he is good in the movie. Um, yeah, when he, when he gets a line, it's a decent one, and he does deliver it. I'll give him that. And but then I, they, I, I, I do always like the like the humans are the real monsters thing. It always reminds me of like the graffiti in environmental storytelling of like, oh, maybe the real monsters are us. It's like it's the zombies, asshole. <laughs> uh, I, I, I saw graffiti like that when I was like go, go, going through. I, I found a rest area in the desert, and somebody had written like, "We are the virus." And somebody else had written like millennials <laughs> as like an insert, <laughs> and it was like "fuck you, olds" underneath that. <laughs> don't tell me, hey, hey, kids, don't tell me, my, don't tell me I suck. I know I suck. It's up to you. <laughs> Fuck you. kids today. It's anyway, this exchange that it happened over the course of years on this trash can lid. <laughs> That's how all communication will be in the future. So the again, looking forward yeah. to it. Looking forward to but it. Yeah, so humans then, are the real monsters. Or it was, I guess, our moral for, 
for all these little humans are, the, humans are the real monsters. Here's the pretty things. Yes, finally. Uh, the biggest band in this movie, although not in America. Um, never in America, no. Never in America. They had a few hits in the 60s, and this is near the end of their original run. They broke up not too soon after this, I yeah. think. And then they reformed in the 2000s. The, the one guy who was in the group the whole time died a few years ago. Uh, yeah. This song is fine, but I forget it pretty quick. Oh yeah! Welcome to the Monster Club. The Monster Club. There's a face at my window as the darkness closes in. The door starts to creak and swings of It's it's not their it's not their strongest one, no. No, no. I mean, obviously not. But, no. Yeah. But this is the closest one to like, you know, this was actually a successful pop band when this movie was being made. Well, not um, when it was, it was a successful pop band 15 years before this movie was made. <laughs> okay. And yeah, I mean, they went from being contemporaneous with the Rolling Stones to being in this movie. Yeah, I guess that's that's kind of a long slide. Yeah. Yeah. The other band were the only ones I'd, I'd heard of before I had seen this. Yeah, yeah, because I had never heard of Night before I saw this. Um, I, I had, had to buy I, 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 I had to look it up though because I actually liked that song. It was like, well, it's yeah. actually not bad, even though it was like a like a producer's girlfriend situation or whatever. <laughs> well, like, hey. like Pia Zadora um, or whatever. I mean, she she could belt though; she was all right. Well, no, that that was this band was not the producer's girlfriend. The producer's girlfriend. No, no, I meant Night was. was. No, but her he did not produce this band. No. Um. Yeah, he produced. He, he was in a band. Mutt Lang was in a band called I. I forgot the name of that. A uh, Hocus, not Hocus Pocus. Hocus, and that's the group that they were in together. But they never released an album. Um, I see. I I know too much about Mutt Lang. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Well. And and, so, and I know way too much about South African rock music. Because <laughs> he, <laughs> he, they're from Zambia, I believe. Um. I know Mutt Lang is, but anyway, and then the monster, then the monsters, monster, monsters rule. Okay, comes back for the credits. Movie over. Yep, wackiness That's ensued. Um, silly dumb movie. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's 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 fun. I liked it when I was a kid. I had memories of it. I didn't realize I had memories of it until I was like years and years later. I had my video store and saw this on one of the shelves after I had acquired the place, and just like that that's familiar and then putting it in and realizing like wait no i remember these lines like i know i remember the intonation like it's it's, it's somehow it's, it's it's not a core memory but it's in there and and not you know recalling that until decades later and then watching it again now it's like oh yeah no i really i do remember this movie yeah i wish i would have watched it when i was younger not too young maybe high school um <laughs> oh no because... i saw this when i was like five no, I mean, I, I just recorded a podcast. It's not going to go up until October, I think. I did a, a Retronauts about Night of the Living Dead. And mm. uh, I saw Night of the Living Dead when I was five years old. And I literally, oh, had to, I literally had to go to therapy because of it. Um, I can believe it. So I'm glad I didn't see this too young. And I saw Fire 13th and The Thing. And I've talked on in length about how my dad was a terrible censor. Um movie so i'm glad i didn't see this too young i'm glad i saw it 
I'm glad I have seen it. It is a, it is a silly little film. Um, I wish I had the soundtrack. The soundtrack is worth a fortune. Oh, really? I bet. It's worth about $300 if you want to buy it. Um, the soundtrack also has a UB40 song on it. Which, yeah, I saw that UB40 was credited. It's like, what the fuck does UB40 have to do with this? I think they're playing on the radio in the first scene, in the first story. What the fuck? I didn't even notice. I, was, I, I saw that in the credits and I was like, I, I'm waiting for UB40. And I never I'm, I'm never waiting for UB40 because I fucking hate UB40. <laughs> Well, no, I, I don't. Not because not like I want to hear it. I just, I, I only remember them for that one hit in the '90s that I didn't really care for. I can't remember the name of the fucking song. Didn't but they do did, Red Red Wine? Like, that's familiar. What was it? Didn't they do Red Red Wine? That red, was red. maybe I don't know. I, I now I have to look it up because I, I feel bad. Uh, now I just remember yes, they had one thing pretty- that was on the radio. That's red. And, yeah, yeah. UB40's biggest hit is Red Red Wine. I would imagine. Um, probably I got, and they had another hit. They, and Oh, and I didn't know they terrible. were kicking around this far back. Oh, they formed in the seventies. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I just, I didn't realize they were still rattling that, like, around. They're huge in England, but in America, we were like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, because the they, did, is, I, I don't even dislike ska bands. I just don't care for fucking UB 40. I hate. God, I hate you before. Their cover of Can't Help Falling in Love is an abortion. It's horrible. Oh, that's um, what I'm thinking of. That was on the fucking radio. Yes. In like and 1992 the, or 93 or whatever the hell it was. All their hits are covers. It's Red Red Rhymes a cover. Can't Help Falling in Love is a cover. And they had a minor hit with a cover of I Got You, Babe with Chrissy Hind. Because oh, geez, I didn't even hear that. I think she was dating somebody in the group. Um, but Oh, you'd be 40. So anyway, yeah. uh, I think we both, we, both re- we both recommend this movie. So check it out. Oh, yeah. Even if, even if we spoiled it, watching it's a lot of fun. And I mean, even, even if, you, if, you have, if you have kids, this is not a bad movie. Like, it's, it's, it's campy as hell. Some of it's, it's, there's a lot of intentional and unintentional humor. Uh, it's, it's just a solid little anthology flick. The thing is, I think around the same time I saw this, I, I saw Alien. So, so this oh, probably Alien felt the- like comfort food. In comparison, when I was like five or six, like there's a reason I don't have kids. Like the witch I sold my firstborn to is pissed because somebody <laughs> let me see Alien when I was like five. <laughs> it's not as yeah, it's not as stripping as Alien for sure. And I would say if you like this, check out other horror anthologies by Amicus that you won't oh, be yeah. disappointed. Yeah, uh, especially especially Tales from the Crypt. That's a great. Yeah, that's, movie. that's the that's the most solid one they they did or among them. Yeah. And just Joan Collins being stalked by a Santa Claus serial killer. <laughs> I don't, I shouldn't have to say anything else. So, but. No, this speaks for a second. Wasn't there a, wasn't there a recent movie? Wasn't there like a, was it something I saw on Shudder? That was a really similar premise to that. It was It was like a homeless Santa stalking a lady in her house. Well, there was a recent movie that Violent Night, which is the Santa Claus as Die Hard movie. With uh, maybe the I don't know Stranger Things, which I wanted to see. I haven't seen it. I wanted to see that. I don't. Um, I don't know if it was that one. I don't. I think this is probably really well trod ground. <laughs> so I could well, be I describing think, any any of a dozen movies. I have not. I mean, there's, there's like all the Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, the the Evil Santa Claus movie. I've always wanted to see that I have not seen is Santa's Slay, spelled S L A Y. S L A Y. Yeah, 
where with, Goldberg with, plays Santa Claus. The wrestler, Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, Goldberg. I for, I'm sorry, I was I was trying to remember. It's like Goldberg. But you said Santa Slay. I was like, wasn't that like, wasn't that like in an Ernest movie? It's like, no, that was, it was like Christmas Slay or something that, that they no. made a joke about in an Ernest movie. No, this is so Santa that's, Slay. That's not with, a real with, thing. With Bill with Goldberg. With, 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 with Goldberg, uh, SAG President Fran Dresser, um, Tom, <laughs> Tommy Lister, Re- uh, Rebecca, Rebecca Gayhart, Robert Culp, and Dave Thomas. <laughs> so Wow. And, I think oh, I might have actually Chris, seen that. And Chris Kattan. I'm surprised I have not seen this either. So, But we're talking about Santa Claus horror films. Just to wrap up. Anyway, um, Sharky, I appreciate you doing this. Thank you for taking time oh, yeah. out of your schedule of walking the earth. Um, <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> yes. I'd love to do this again sometime. Uh, you're always welcome. So um, I always ask, although you don't want to be found, but where can they find you on the internet? I mean, I'm still Evil Sharky on Twitter. I'm a Sharky on Blue Sky. And I technically own sortofsketchy.com, but there's nothing there because I just want it to look like a scam. Um. Yeah, I mean, maybe someday there'll be something there, but yeah, that, that's that's really it. Okay, you're not doing any of the podcast really, right now. Not doing a lot in the public eye anymore. No. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad you came out of center of time and talked to me about um, movies. I really appreciate it. And oh yeah, at, as per always, I'm everywhere as Lost Turntable. Whatever the bird, not bird site is called this week, I'm there. I am on Blue Sky. I'm on everything but Threads. I will never join Threads. You can't make me. Oh, no um, doubt. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. And lostturntable.com will be updated again someday. But anyway, uh, I'll be back again, like I said, sometime next month. I don't know when. And then after the summer's over, things should settle down. Barring any medical <laughs> mishaps, things should settle down. And I, I'll go back to the bi-weekly schedule. So I appreciate everyone's patience. Thanks for uh, listening. And I'll see you again sometime next month. Until then, take care.